Welcome to the Best Player Wins podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. I'm your host, Jake Deemer. Today, we have a special guest with us. It is Brendan. Brendan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jacob. Thank you for having me. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, I'm very excited. Well, we're excited that you're here. Uh, Hopefully, your matchup predictions kind of go in the tank because the guests have been smoking us. And this continued last week. Uh, Nate had a two and four record, just another poor showing by the hosts of this podcast. Uh, but the guest, Sam, went six and oh. Six and oh. So this just continues the the absolute dominance by the guest in in the pick segments of this podcast. But we're gonna look to turn that around beginning this week. You, you certainly will. I, I'll tell you, I put these predictions in on Monday, and because I'm a man of integrity, I have not changed them. We're about halfway through the week right now, and it's not looking super great, but we're going to see how it goes. Never say never, I guess. Well, let's start with our uh, uh, prior week recap. What, what, give me your first big takeaway from last week. All right. um, so my first... Big takeaway uh, was that I think Nate is probably the most underrated below 500 team. And it's not to say that necessarily that he is like not being talked about. He talks about himself way more than enough in the group chat. But I just mean like, I think we don't understand like his team, I think is a top like three or four team. And it's, I think he's just been very unlucky with some of the things that have happened week in, week out. Um, I did actually, I took a page out of Jordan's book. I did some research. And in the weeks that he has beat the median, he has outscored the median by an average of 85 points. So he's basically like smoking the median in weeks that he's that his team seems to be performing well. Um, and the past two weeks, his pitching staff have combined for almost 400 points just by themselves. So I think we're trying to see Nate's team get maybe a little bit more healthy and just also a little bit more consistent. Um, and I think that it's, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy he's in the West. I think that he would make the East even harder division, but he's, uh, I think he might be the best team in the West. Um, and he's under 500. Yeah. So I had a very similar first takeaway. I just had Nate with Nate is back. I mean, over the last three weeks, Nate is actually first in scoring in the entire league by over a hundred points. And like you said, the pitching staff has been absolutely dominant. Nasty Nestor Cortez. I think we're going to hear about him until the innings limit catches up with him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the pitching has been outstanding, and I don't I don't think that there's much reason to think that'll really change anytime soon. And he's off to a great start this week as well. Uh, oh yeah, the What was your second takeaway? Yeah, so the second one is uh, I feel like someone – I mean, we have – I think we had no trades, right? Yeah, no trades. All right, so someone has to check on Mike. He might – someone might have taken his phone. But um, (laughs) this is the first week of the season in which Big Money Mike 
has not made a trade. I mean, that's actually technically not true. He didn't make one in week four, but he made three in week three and three in week five. So I feel like that kind of supplements. But um, so far, he is obviously, as usual, been probably the busiest on the market, trading away 19 players and returning or getting in return 20. So um, I always... I was always a fan of the trade limit. I think that it makes it a little bit more um, competitive and makes things, I don't want to say like your draft matter more, but I feel like it sort of makes you uh, have to be more confident, especially at the beginning of the year. I feel like you might not be able to like just trade everyone away or whatever, but Mike has clearly just really uh, brought a a whole new level of like excitement and intrigue with how many deals he's made in the first seven weeks. But again, yeah, I don't know what happened this week. Maybe someone took his phone or something, but actually he texted me today looking at trades. So I know that's not true, but uh, you know, I, I always just, I kind of appreciate the complete antithesis of what I normally would think of, you know, uh, being a confident and effective manager, like staying put, not making that many trades. I love how much Mike trades. I think it's great. Yeah, I think my bold prediction earlier in the year where I said that by the trade deadline, Mike would have one player remaining on his squad from his drafted team was not bold enough. Uh, I was going to say, you're definitely on pace. Yeah, I I didn't realize it had been that many players. That's pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. My second takeaway, and uh, I know that this is something we've talked about a little bit. I, I just said the East is a fraud because the West last week in our first, you know, I guess you'd call it the interleague play first week of interleague play, the West went four and two and the East suddenly doesn't look quite as dominant now because the two, or I guess two of the hottest teams in the league the past, over the past month have been Nate and Courtney and they both reside in the West. And suddenly the balance of power between the two divisions especially with the West taking the early lead in the head-to-head matchups, doesn't seem like it's quite so lopsided anymore. So maybe we had overstated that earlier. Maybe we were just reacting to uh, hot early hot early season from some of the East teams, but the West definitely has two of the hotter teams in the entire league right now, and maybe we're starting to see maybe a little more balance than we originally had thought. I have a, I have a thought on, on that, Jacob. If you would, okay. I think that the East has this the most competitive amount of teams that are close. I think the top five in the East. I'll include myself. I think the top five in the East. Well, really, I, I guess two through five. I think are almost sort of a coin flip toss up. I think the West has, as you said, sort of the most. Like they're they're on the hottest streak right now, and they have three really good teams, four good teams. You count Eddie's as well, um, and then I think that they're just sort of hot right now. But I think overall, like if you were looking at the teams themselves, I think the East has the better teams, but the West is just a little bit, as you said, kind of hotter right now. But I'm going to stand up for my East division. I I need an excuse for why I'm five and nine, and I'm going to ride that until. I'm over 500 if that ever happens. So it's because the East is a monster and you're wrong. I mean, I can get behind that being in the East division. I'll, I'll, I can, I can buy that. 
yeah. But as, as we said earlier, there are there were no trades. Uh, somebody probably should get old, like make sure he's okay. Uh, <laughs> maybe Nick too, because Nick also is pretty active. But yeah, no trades this week, so nothing to talk about here. So we'll just move on to the the manager in, interviews. This is the Brendan edition. I know we had uh, Sam on last week. Nate interviewed him, and then we had an interview with Jordan. So this is the Brendan edition. So we have uh, just five questions we're going to go over with with Brendan. So uh, I did give them to him ahead of time, and I will have to I will say some of these are are very hard hitting. Yeah. So. I, I hope you're ready for this, which you should be because I gave you the itinerary with them on. Yeah, I can take them. Okay. So question number one, did Jerowin actually pressure you into starting Eric? I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Is it Eric Fed? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't care. So with his volume stats, did Jerowin actually pressure you into starting him? Um, no. So I had already planned on picking up a two-start guy and I was actually between him and someone else I don't remember um and I just I literally I was at work at the time and I literally went on like a coin flip site and flipped a coin and then picked him and it was obviously the wrong choice um but no he did not influence me to do that I actually had added him before I had listened to the podcast however um, I am going to maintain that it is Jerwin's fault, obviously. Uh, Eric, Freddie, or I don't who cares. Uh, he is just been an absolute anchor so far, <laughs> minus 22. And as a result, I think my pitching staff has still barely over uh, zero for how many points they've scored this week because of him. And Rasmussen had a bad outing too, but you know, I don't really lame Rasmussen um, as much. But yeah, I have four pitching points right now, mainly because Eric Fraud or uh, whatever got negative 22. And I have another outing to look look out for later in the weekend. So it should be fun. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say like then how how bad of a friend is Jerwin for recommending that. But I mean, if he didn't influence, I guess. No, no, no. He's a bad friend, but that's just for other reasons um okay yeah yeah the the real question here is uh how much does volume kind of factor in your lineup decisions like were you actually surprised to hear that you were higher on the points per game you're higher in points per game but really lower in overall scoring which i mean that that does attribute completely to volume yeah no i i think a lot of it honestly is there have been a decent amount. I mean, my pitching staff has been decimated by injuries throughout the entire year. And also, like, the timing of certain trades have kind of limited um, how many one-start or two-starts I get in a particular week. So, no, I, I, I'm not surprised by it. Um, I have been paying a little bit more closer attention to it in the past couple of weeks. And I think that, I mean, aside from this week, the past few weeks, I think the results kind of, yield that a little bit um but yeah i it's not necessarily um something that i like live or die by but it's definitely something that obviously influences certain decisions made a bad one this week but that's all right we we move on we get we get up and uh try again next week 
All right. So 2022 is, is your sixth year in the league. Uh, been a really long time, but <laughs> what, what is the biggest way, I guess you think that you've improved as a fantasy baseball manager? It may we'll limit it exclusively to this league since you started. Um, I think I've gone way worse since I started. <laughs> I used to be like consistently a little bit. I, I think I was always a bad team that would have a good week whenever I needed to. And it was always the first round of the playoffs. Um, but I would always like kind of just squeak in and then upset somebody and then, you know, regress back to the mean. Um, I don't know. I think I've gotten better at pitcher analysis really um and that's just because that's something that honestly interests me like i think that it's very um interesting and uh fun to look at the analytical side of the pitching um i don't do it at all with hitters uh being completely honest like i don't look at almost anything with hitters other than like you know fancy points which is probably not the best strategy and it's why my offense is probably continually not all that great every year but I think that the thing that I've improved on the most has definitely been pitcher analysis um I'm proud of some of the guys that I've picked up over the uh, over the years Freddie P is obviously uh, probably the most notable name right now although he's hurt but you know he yielded a great uh, run and also I didn't say this Nate but I was going to pick Nestor Cortez with the next pick in my he was on the top of my board and then Nate took him I didn't really care all that much because I didn't think that he was going to I thought he was going to be good but not you know top 10 starting pitcher good um regardless I think that the biggest thing I've done is sort of actually like look at a savant page or uh, understand what some of these more analytical things mean and how they can affect fantasy um but overall I don't really take I don't take this. I, I don't take things super seriously. It's just kind of for fun. Um, but yeah, I, I get invested around every April about the draft and then I like making trades and managing. So I think that again, the biggest improvement has probably just been actually relying on some analytical numbers, not just like the eye test for fantasy points. And um, that's probably my biggest takeaway, but yeah, six years. I can't, that's wild. I guess- How many people been in it for all six years? Uh, let's see. Me, you, Sam, Nate. Uh, I think JC has been in it all six yeah, years. Yeah, that's right. sure. Jerwin. Jerwin's been in it all six years. That might be it, unless I'm forgetting someone. Not Courtney? Oh, yeah, Courtney has been in it, yeah. Okay. Well, I have nothing to show for it, um, but... You have a couple of uh, Final Four finishes. Yeah, that's always something that you want to uh, stick a pole in a Final Four finish. Um, but yeah, I, you know, the achievements have been few and far between, but I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I honestly think I have a, you know, despite the record, I think I have a fairly good team this year. Um, I think my offense is a little bit weighted by Mookie Betts and Paul Schmidt, but I, I think that the other pieces are manageable. And I think my pitching staff when healthy is actually good. <laughs> the just problem is that we literally all of them, have, like I don't, I was telling somebody a couple of days ago that I literally have Chris Bass, Bassett and Tristan McKenzie and people that I would 
actually start if the full lineup that I had was healthy in my starting five for pitchers. So um, it's been a little bit frustrating, but I don't know. I think if people get healthy around the right time and things start to kind of pick up, I could throw my hand in the ring for another fourth place finish where I belong. Are, are there any moves that you've made and that could be like a draft pick add drop or, or a trade. So are there any, any moves that you've made this season that you kind of wish you could have back? Uh, yeah. Eddie Rosario in the 10th round looks pretty stupid. Um, although he has like some, I guess he had something with his eye where he like literally couldn't see the whole first half of the season. Did you see that? That might, that might be a problem when trying to hit the ball. Yeah. So whatever. Uh, didn't know that before um i just think it's funny how literally every brewers pitching prospect that i i accidentally dropped um the guy that nate just picked up ethan small i think i actually i did not mean to drop him i didn't even realize i dropped him until i got the notification that nate had made a claim on him um but i think it's funny how nate picks up every Brewers pitching prospect that I drop. Um, it's been Ethan Small and then that other uh, George Kirby. I guess he's a Mariners, pro- but every every pitching project uh, prospect I've dropped so far. But um, so I, you know, I take that as a compliment that he's looking out at my team and sort of scoping me whenever I make those drops. But I I don't I don't know if I really regret all that much. Um, you know the guys that aren't on my team now that we're on my team in the first period. I'm just looking here and, you know, I don't regret drafting Andy Rendon or Trevor Story at all. I mean, Trevor Story's kind of been turning it around a little bit lately. Um, I don't regret, I guess, Giancarlo Stanton, I I never, I draft him all the time and I never mean to, just in like league, like, it's not that I don't mean to, like, I, I, I know what I'm doing whenever I click it, but every single time, I, as, as soon as I make the pick, I'm like, that's dumb. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There, there aren't necessarily like certain moves that I regret. Donaldson Lamette, you know, that's a bummer, but he was just sort of a flyer anyway. So a lot of stuff like that. There are a lot of players that I don't have on my team anymore, but you know, they were late round flyers, you know, if they hit great, if they don't, whatever. Oh, my Alexa just went off. That's fun. I hear her in the background there. I think you should keep this in just to. I'm, I'm going to. I, All right. Yeah. I, I've kind of, I'm on a streak where I send this to me with a one take. So I'm not about to. Alexa's not snapping this for me. Just so okay. everybody is aware, I, I am the, I'm the king of one take podcasts. I can't even remember the last time that we had to cut anything. So this is not stop. Alexa is it, it will not stop today. For Alexa, Alexa is a pebble in the road, yeah. not even a speed bump. All right, no. I could. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just put her on. Let's just turn her on. Have her play some music. <laughs> All right. So the next question, um, I, I guess you said that uh, you don't really do a whole lot of this for hitters, but so we could more focus on pitchers, but. Uh, which stats do you kind of favor when you research a player? Are there any that yeah. or any that you that you have that are favorites? Yeah, so I actually I I've never told anyone this. This is a podcast exclusive, 
Um, but like I said, I got really into pitcher analysis and I actually have my own analytical stat. Um, I'm reluctant to share it, but I, I think I should, I think, you know, I can for the better of the league. That's all right with you. That, that works for me. All right. Um, now this is, this is 1000% logical and sound and it is literally never steered me wrong. Um, the stat is, has that dog per nine? <laughs> um, so I'll give you a, I'll give you an example. The like the best player in all of baseball. Can you take take a guess in leading the league and has that dog in them per nine this year? Uh, Nestor Cortez only because I know that Nate has said it before. No, he's he's up there, but that's incorrect. Max Scherzer is uh, leading <laughs> it, and this year he has ever since he came into the league. He has actually 100 has that dog in him per nine. So he's like 100 per nine. That's um, almost unheard of. It's video game stuff. There are other people. Uh, Nestor Cortez is up there. He has a more respectable, like 11 and a half has that dog per nine. Um, there's Freddie Peralta, whenever he decides to throw a fastball, is like uh, 10. But whenever he, for some reason, wants to go to his curveball or slider, he drops to about a two or a three. Um Louis Severino, I'm just picking players from my team because those are the ones I know. Uh, Louis Severino, whenever he has the bases loaded and he does this to himself, he's gotten into bases loaded jams like the past three outings. He has that dog in him like 15 per nine, but uh, the rest of the time it's a it's around a six or a seven. Um, I mean, I can keep on going. There are a lot of players that I have like that where I have, you know, these – I'm not going to go into how I come up with those calculations, but they are sound and uh, they cannot be wrong. So, so I guess like, is it, can, can you have a negative dog in him for nine? Yes, of course. I'm, I'm very glad that you asked. Um, Eric Fetty has a negative so far this week. He's about negative 15. Um, Austin Meadows you know who gets vertigo i mean come on you don't get vertigo if you have that dog in you so uh he's he's probably like in the negative somewhere trying to see if there are any other players on other teams that i can kind of pull up real quick let's let's look at jake's team who does jake have that is a little bit lower on the has that dog um let's go to your bench probably so i'll go with oh man you know who has actually really good on your team dog in him per nine uh, it's D I H per nine, by the way, for, uh, okay. Nine. Yeah. It's uh Dustin may. I love Dustin May. he's got that dog. In him. Uh, I really, really value, love him. He was on my team last year. He's another guy that I really, really like. Um, so yeah, there's a couple of guys that can definitely have zero, uh, Vlad for about the first month he's been zero. He was under, but now he's coming back. So, you know, a couple guys. So I guess that leads us into the last question, which is, I do have a, I have a real answer for that one. If oh, you do, you ever, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll give me the real answer. Um, yeah, the the real answer. I honestly, uh, I I do. You know, that's that's very important. Has the dog, but um, the real answer is probably expected ERA. Honestly, for pitching, um, I think that it's a really digestible and easy stat to look at, but it also tells you a little bit more to you know what a pitcher. Has I don't really feel like I need to explain it. The, the name does a pretty good job, but the expect, expected ERA I kind of look at as a baseline and also just K for nine. 
or um, the walk to strikeout ratio for pitchers. I mean, it's all fairly simple stuff, but I mean, with this fantasy format, that's those are the things that lead to success most of the time is a good low expected ERA, um, a high K per, uh, high K percentage and a high whiff rate. Like all those things typically yield success in our league. Um, if you have them all together, that's really good. That's the reason why I actually drafted Freddie Peralta uh, the previous year was because he had all those things and I thought that it would work. So they're, they're just players like that, um, that, sort of fit that mold, but they're few and far between. Also, I do value a lot of the offense that the pitcher is uh, playing with or like the team that the pitcher's on, team strength, just because wins, you know, mean quite a bit in this league. So if you're not going to get run support, then it doesn't really necessarily matter how well you're pitching or how well uh, your stuff is. So that's the real answer. But um if anyone wants to know more about has that dog in them, you can contact me. I, I might give you some stuff, but it's pretty complicated. So, yeah, it's basically a statistical black box. Don't even yeah. know there. Yeah, it's uh, what's that guy's name? The Moneyball. What's his name? Peter. Uh, uh, you talking? Okay, so do you mean? I mean Brad Pitt's character, or not Brad Pitt? Whoever that guy, like the main guy, the manager. Because uh, I thought Jonah Hill was the was the real mastermind. Of- yeah, but like one knows Peter Brandt. Like I know his name is Peter. I know that's not even his real name in real life. That guy he changed his name for the movie. Moneyball is one of my favorite movies of the time. What is uh, Billy Bean? I'm a real Billy Bean. That kind of stuff. So ahead of the curve. I, it's going to be introduced in some major league clubs in a couple of years. But um, right now, it's yeah, it's definitely. It's it's pretty it's really complicated. I, re- I wouldn't want to bore you guys with how, you know how I go into it. All right, so we'll go to our last question. It kind of it does kind of relate to the last to the previous one, but what is the ideal Brendan guy? It could be that you can give us a real player, a player example, or just anything. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking, Jake. Um, ideal Brendan guy. He he peaks anytime between 2017 and 2019 and you have to adjust that per year. So like next year, a Brendan guy would peak in 2018 to 2020. Okay. Uh, so I'm always a, just a little bit behind the curve. You know, I, 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 I made the joke at the draft, but I mean, it's true. My team looks real good in 2017. Um, I think though, honestly, if I had to, put it on one player that would be a Brendan guy um I'm gonna go at both sides like the positive and the negative I think Byron Buxton is the positive example of a guy that I really like and I I mean he's been on my team for a a very long time I think he has one more year of keeper eligibility I think not a thousand percent sure about that but he's been on my team for a while I think even like the one of the first years I drafted him and then like didn't keep him and then drafted him again. I, I, I've just always had a soft spot for him. I think his skill set is whenever he's on and healthy, which I don't think he's healthy right now. He's kind of slumping um, and he sits like every third and fourth game. So I think it's pretty fair to say that he's not a hundred percent right now, but he's probably the epitome of a good friend guy, a guy that I was right on 
Um, a wrong Brendan guy, if I had to describe that, uh, Brad Peacock comes to mind. Um, he's who I traded Fernando Tatis Jr. for. So that one still kind of bites, haunts me. But like just a guy that has a good year and then doesn't do anything in the league again. Um, so there's two, two sides of the Brendan guy coin. Guy that I believe in, that I think will do very well, and I'll die on the hill that he'll do very well. And then a guy that I also believe in, think he'll do very well and does well for about three months and then is never to be heard of again. Okay, I, I definitely buy that. I, we were just, I, I know that the, that was actually the inspiration for this, this last question for everybody was, uh, I remember back during the draft when, uh, like basically every single one of your picks that fell for a stretch, like somebody would go, yeah, that's a Brennan guy. So, you know, thought, like what, what actually is a Brennan guy? You know, what, what is, what is a, what is a Jordan guy? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, imitation is a serious form of flattery. So I, you know, I appreciate it, but uh, yeah, there will never be all the other guys are, you know, they're, I get it, you know, they're guys, but they're, there are certain guys that are just Brendan guys and everyone else kind of falls behind whether, you know, not in terms of skill or anything, Jordan guys or Jake guys or Nate guys are far better than Brendan guys, but it's just sort of a lower echelon of um, notoriety, I guess, and authenticity. So. Sadly, that's the end of our manager interview, uh, the Brendan edition. Uh, So that moves into our second segment, which is, uh, we're going to redraft the first two rounds of our draft. Uh, I'm sure that in the first two rounds, I know just looking back on it, uh, some managers might have wanted a mulligan. So <laughs> we're kind of going to we're going to simulate those mulligans here. So there's only a couple rules, uh, just like we did. I know we did this segment last year, but uh, no keepers are allowed to be picked. So guy, you will not see us pick guys like uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Kevin Gosman. Uh, anybody who has been who is a keeper uh, is not eligible for this. Um, and the other one is we're going to alternate picks. So uh, I think we decided that I'm going to take the first pick. So we yep. alternate picks. Uh, Brendan and I do not know who we're going to. So it'll be a little. We'll have a little bit of a a live draft thing. I actually have a little draft board here. So I'll I'll be picking kind of best player available on my board. Uh, I think Brendan has something similar so we're that's, that's i don't i have the fan tracks uh players fantasy points up here and that's how i'm gonna be going about this so you put a little bit more work into it than i have but i think my team's gonna be better so you know i mean we're not it's not teams we're just drafting like no it's teams and mine's gonna be better so go ahead <laughs> okay well also we're also gonna list off uh who they drafted in that spot so We'll get a little comparison and then maybe a little recap at the end. Uh, so we can get started now with uh, first pick is Sam. And uh, Sam's Sam's pick was Garrett Cole. I know that I've been vocal that I thought that was the the wrong pick there. And I'm sticking with that. I, I have for Sam Jose Ramirez, who not a whole lot more needs to be said about him besides he plays outside of catcher, the worst offensive position. He's been the best hitter in baseball, provided, and he's provided, in my mind, the biggest advantage so far. So 
I think that that's what you want, really want out of your first overall pick. And uh, Sam coming in, I know that we're not really using team context here, but Sam coming in already had a plenty good pitching staff. Uh, I think he yeah. would be better served picking a hitter here, and he gets the best one available in Jose Ramirez. Yeah, Sam's, you know, Garrett Cole. I have a whole thing. I think Garrett Cole's broad in general. I just don't. He's a Kermit-sounding little idiot. I don't like him. So I'm a, I'm a fan of that. Get rid of him. All right, so that brings us to our second pick, which was me. Uh, I chose Juan Soto. So, Brendan, do I make a different pick here or stick with Soto? Yeah, I I would make a different pick, but I, actually, I don't mind Juan Soto. Um, it's just the, the return hasn't been there for me as much as I would like to see with the second overall pick. Um, I'm actually I, – I think this might just be how he's performed, I mean, in the past month or so, but, you know, that's kind of the whole point of this. I'm going to go with the guy that I have. I'm going to move Mookie Betts up to the second overall pick. Um, I like that he has some infield availability. Second base, I know, is a little bit deeper than third base, obviously. But, you know, it's still nice that he has the flexibility. So second base. And then uh, the ability that he also can play center or right field and slot anywhere in your lineup. Um, That's all nice. Plus the fact that he is currently the second highest uh, scoring offensive player he's averaging around four and i think four and a half points per game the entire year in the last month he's been averaging 5.27 so i mean he's just tearing the cover off the ball he's the nl leader in home runs early candidate for mvp um yeah i'm pretty confident you know if if you didn't take Jose, I obviously would have taken him, but I'm fairly confident that Mookie at the number two spot is uh, the safe pick. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I, I have bets at three. I have Soto at two, I guess, spoiler for my next pick. But, um, yeah, the, the positional flexibility with, with bets is really nice, and he has such a high floor with being in that Dodgers lineup. It's, yeah. I mean, he's everything you really would want out of a – First round pick. I'm just picking. I'm so the next pick is for Nate. He picked Jose Ramirez. I'm picking Juan Soto for him here. Uh, Soto was two on my board. Best was three. Um, but I I can't really disagree with what you did there. Uh, so I I still like Soto a lot. He I think that the walks will always give him a really high floor. Um, I I know that maybe later we might run into some trouble if the if the Nationals are out of it or out of it around the trade deadline. I don't know that uh, Nelson Cruz and Josh Bell are going to stick around. And those are really the only guys protecting him in that lineup. So uh, without that, without them there, there might not be, there's no real reason for any pitcher to actually pitch to Soto. But uh, I do think he's one of the best pure hitters in the game and uh, definitely, definitely worthy of a top three pick. So I'm with Juan Soto there. Uh, you're up next for JC. Now, JC picked a pitcher with his pick. He picked Walker Bueller. Uh, do you have something something different in mind here? Yeah, I do. And I'm my redraft strategy, I think, is I think that this year, especially getting good offensive players, in my opinion, uh, just because of how sparse offense has been, is a little bit of a more of a luxury to have so 
you know, I'm going to be putting, again, to kind of peek behind the door, I'm going to be putting pitchers probably lower. I don't, I don't know if I would take a pitcher if we were doing a real redraft, right. And like, you know, everything was even, I don't know if I would take a pitcher in the first round this year. Um, But that being said, I'm going to go again, just with the next best, in my opinion, uh, third baseman. And I could really go either between Machado or Devers. Um, Devers Devers was kept. So there is. Oh, right. right. You're right. Okay. Then that makes it easy. Manny Machado uh, as the next pick easily. Yeah, I, I, I would have picked uh, Machado here, too. He was next on my board as well. Yeah. Nothing like getting elite production from a, from just a wasteland of a, of a position. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really know about that, but it seems really fun for those of you that are able to partake. Who's your third baseman? Uh, Chris Bryant is... Has, he's been terrible, and he's also been hurt. Yeah, so ever you're doing pretty well. Yeah, I think I have Josh Rojas there right now. I mean, it's bad that I can't even like 100 percent tell you who I actually have at third base yeah. right now. I don't know if I. Oh, I have a. I just picked up Hunter Dozier. Yeah, it's it's just a wasteland. It reminds. I mean, it was there was something similar where like shortstop and second base were pretty weak, like earlier on i remember but yeah third base for for a decent amount of time has been it's i mean it's jose ramirez manny machado rafael devers and then everyone else like it's not i can't think of another guy that i would put in that league that's at third base and then everyone else is so average to below average it's it's kind of crazy so the next up is you your pick was mookie betts but Obviously, he's been taken. Uh, so I'll go with the next highest on my board, and uh, that is Mike Trout. Yeah, who looks like he's back. And I did. I, I guess my next pick after Trout would have been Harper. Uh, the reason that I have Trout just barely ahead of him, uh, Harper does have. It's having a little bit of UCL problems and it's preventing him from playing the field it hasn't really impacted his production which is frankly it's amazing but yeah. do kind of worry later about that maybe coming back to bite him so uh also center field is a little bit more scarce than right field is and when we're picking this high between two guys like harper and trout they're pretty comparable but i think it's since they are so similar you can nitpick a little bit and that's why i have trout ahead of them so yeah. i'm gonna be trout here for you uh, I would love, to, I would love to have him at five. That'd be nice. I mean, he was available, but yeah, I like that. All right, next you you are picking for Courtney. Courtney did pick Bryce Harper here, and that pick is still on the board. If you want to take it, yeah, this is. I was gonna say I, I'm between two guys, but yeah, I'm gonna. I, I think that I'll stick with Harper and keep that. Um, the injury, you know, UCL. It's just such a a boogeyman of a term around baseball because we associate it with Tommy John and uh, obviously pitchers, but it's a, in what I've seen, it's actually a fairly similar injury to what um, Donaldson met had last year. And I know all about that very well, obviously as a pitcher, it did affect him. He's not even in the majors anymore, but he was still able to play and he still has 
played without getting surgery. Um, it's just such a, it's, it's a risk, you know, it is just such a risk. The fact that, well, at any time Bryce Harper, you know, maybe just swings a little bit, hyper extends a swing just a little bit and then it goes and then, well, he's done for the season, but the production that he's had, I mean, he's and and he was, he's the reigning MVP and it looks like he's just repeating that. So, um, despite the fact that I have a personal vendetta against him, cause I think that he's, I don't, he just seems like the kind of guy that you don't want to be around ever, but, um, he's good at baseball. So I'll keep him there. And those are some harsh words. I was going to say like, there, there's no better fantasy baseball match than Bryce Harper being on Courtney's team. Oh, well, yeah, obviously. Courtney guy. Yeah. A thousand percent. I, have you ever, like, I just, you look at Bryce Harper and you kind of, think like in another life he'd be trying to sell you like some surf wax in Hawaii and I just you know I don't really I just don't really want to be around that kind of dude especially whenever he has long hair and beard you know but he's still just I don't know he just seems like kind of a tool but yeah he's definitely a coordinate guy I mean I did say I guess since this is early on I we could we can nitpick it's fair to nitpick some of these players so I mean that's that's fair criticism, I guess. He's you know probably not a good locker room guy, but in fantasy baseball, that doesn't really matter. So, uh, so the next one is Eddie, and Eddie picked Max Scherzer here, who for sure, if he wasn't hurt, would be in this discussion. Uh, but um, so, again, he is leading the league and has that dog in him. So exactly. So I'm picking. I mean, I am I am going to take another pitcher for Eddie. Uh, I'm going to take my the number one on my board here. And that is Garrett Cole. I know that you don't like Garrett Cole. To me, he is he continues to be the safest bet in the entire league for the combination of innings and quality of those innings. Uh, I know he's not number one right now, but I, I I still think he's he's not even number one on my own rankings. I actually have Corbin. He's number two. Corbin Burns is number one, but uh, I still think the safety that Cole gives you, even if the ceiling isn't quite as as high as it maybe we thought it was once still think the combination of of innings and quality uh makes him a worthy pick here so i'm taking garrett cole for eddie uh any thoughts on that pick it doesn't concern you that he sounds like kermit that's not a that's not factoring into your decision no i mean it doesn't it doesn't factor in either that his chin kind of looks like mashed potatoes yeah, well, that's what, that was my next question actually yeah ever since the beard went with the astros it just wasn't wasn't a good look. So, I mean, that, that doesn't concern me though. He's, he's, he peaked as a person for me whenever he, I remember vividly, he downed, he chugged a beer at a Penguins game that I was at actually. I saw, like, I saw him do it. And then it was obviously like on TV and stuff. So that was his, that was his high point. Um, really ever since then, I mean, let's go over his career resume. Was he on the cheating Astros team? Uh, not the 2017 team. If you want to count that, he came yeah, over. Yeah, well, he's still a cheater. I'm gonna say he's a cheater. So he's a cheater for one, and then he's a sellout going to the Yankees instead of you know like an actual team. He goes to the Yankees, gets the paycheck, all while, mind you, as I've said multiple times, sounding and basically having the 
skeletal fortitude of what I would imagine Kermit the Frog does. He has no spine. So I yeah, I'm just not a, I'm not a fan. So the we got the for Eddie, the old pick was Max Scherzer, new pick Derek Cole. Uh you have Scott next. Scott took Aaron Nola here. Uh, are you going with a pitcher or a hitter? I'm still not I'm still not gonna do a pitcher yet. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna take Trey Turner. I think that uh Trey Turner was kept. Dang it, I keep on forgetting about that freaking rule. Okay, never mind. I'm going to t- well then I might take a picture. Um <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm going to stick with myself. I'm, I'll, oh, that's tough. Yeah, I'll take Judge, I guess. Um, it's another risk with the injury. He seems to land on the IL fairly consistently every year, but he is tearing the cover off the ball right now. So I, I'll go with Judge. Um, his strikeouts are, I mean, he'll strike out like probably every other game or every game, but then also lately he's been in it hitting a home run like every three or four games. So I think that, you know, he's a true power hitter in every sense of the word and um, center field, right field. I I think that judge is the next best thing. And again, I, you know, it's not that I don't, I, I value pitchers a lot, especially in our league, but it's just that having good offensive production is so rare this year that I'm kind of leaning towards that for the first round. Yeah, I mean, judges' strikeouts are always going to be higher than you would you would like. But this right this year, this year so far, this is the best version of Aaron Judge we've ever seen. Uh, yeah. So he looks like a genius for rejecting the sort of oh. Yankee extensions and kind of betting on himself. Yep. Uh, so the next one is Jordan. Jordan picked Freddie Freeman, and I'm going to stick with that. Uh, not only is Freddie Freeman a Jordan guy, uh, Freddie Freeman is basically everything you would want out of a first rounder. He's got a high ceiling, very high floor. Uh, he plays a somewhat scarce position. Um, and he's one of the safest picks you can possibly make, which I lean more towards safety in this range rather than uh, upside. All these guys are good. I'd, l- I'd rather have the, the safer guys. And I think that Freddie Freeman is the perfect embodiment of what a uh, probably a, ba- a back end first round pick in fantasy baseball. Right. Uh, so the next one is Jerwin. Jerwin kept Trey Turner. Um, yep. We're well, not allowed to change out these picks, but do you think this was a good keep? Oh, perfect keep. Uh, obviously, I picked him so yeah uh yeah i i love i love trey turner i think uh his ability to slide alone makes him a first round pick so like his slides are so clean love it yeah i mean not everybody can do that so no. if you ever watch like, gregory polanco it doesn't look like he ever learned how to slide properly so whatever happened to, whatever happened to gregory polanco i believe he's either playing in a korean league or the japanese league i don't remember which one Mm, good for him. Missed yep. that guy. Ran like a dinosaur. I always thought he was one of those like inflatable things in front of car dealerships. That's what he reminded me of. Yeah. I just saw a highlight though where he's one of the he um it was against the Cubs 
I don't know when, what year, but he had a nine to three ground out uh, one time against somebody on the Cubs. Like it was a hard hit ground ball to right field and he whipped it back into first base. And that was probably one of the more exciting memories of Gregory Polanco's time with the Pirates. Yeah, there's some good ones, but they're 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 mostly good for being more like funny. But they're so bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we won't get into that. We could do Gregory Polanco stories like this whole podcast, so we won't, we won't get into that one too much. We got two more picks left in the first round. Uh, the next one is the next one is Mike, and he picked Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, I do. I don't mind the pick. Um. I think I'm going to go a slightly different direction, though. I think Acuna does have a higher. He doesn't. I think he's a higher ceiling, but the issue with him right now is he's been really banged up this season. I mean, I know he started on the injured list, but it's been pretty banged up. So I'm going to yeah. go with another pitcher. I'm going to go with Justin Verlander here. It was my second round pick. Uh, he looks a lot like the Verlander of old. The strikeouts are down a little bit, but he does. He's he's sec, tied for second in the league in innings pitched. Uh, so the volume's been there. The quality of innings has still been there, even though the strikeouts weren't quite as what what we remember them as. Uh, he looks a lot like the old Verlander, and uh, really, I think he's again. I, I, it's weird to say this about a 39 year old coming off Tommy John surgery, but he feels remarkably safe. And I think that that's kind of what you want out of this pick. So I'm going with Justin Verlander here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was my next pick. He swiped me. So I have to change my thought process. Yeah. That's a great pick. All right. So this is our last pick of our first round. You've Nick, Nick picked Manny Machado here, but he is long gone in this redraft. Uh, Who are you taking for Nick here? now i'm in a predicament um i i think yeah I'll, I'll transition to pitcher i'm just in between some guys um i think kind of as you said it's best to be safe and for that reason uh, oh man i i hmm it's tough i guess mcclanahan was not kept right no, you can take McClanahan here. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll go with Shane McClanahan. He's having a good year, and I think he'll continue to be good. So, yeah, that's what I, that's my pick. Yeah, the only thing I'd be worried about with McClanahan right now is the the innings towards the end of the year. But I still think that's a pretty long way off for that to be much of a problem right now. I yeah, he he I think he would yield you first round returns. So yeah, yeah, yeah. McClanahan is probably. He might be my favorite pitcher to actually just watch pitch. The stuff is just insane. Yeah. Uh, so just a quick recap of our first round before we go to the second round here. Uh, so Sam, his old pick was Garrett Cole. His new pick was Jose Ramirez. Uh, mine, I had Jose, uh, my old pick was Juan Soto. My new pick is Mookie Betts. Nate, old pick Juan. Or, uh, I'm getting all mixed up here. Nate, old pick. Jose Ramirez, new pick, Juan Soto. JC, his old pick was Walker Bueller, who is still on the board. Uh, his new pick was Manny Machado. Brennan, your old pick was Mookie Betts. Your new pick is Mike Trout. Uh, same, same story for Courtney here. She takes Bryce Harper in both, both drafts. 
Uh, Eddie takes took Max Scherzer. His new pick is Garrett Cole. Uh, Scott, his old pick was Aaron Nola. His new pick was Aaron Judge. Uh, same pick for, Fre- for Jordan when Freddie Freeman. Uh, obviously the same one for Jerwin because that was a keeper uh, with Trey Turner. For Mike, his old pick was Ronald Acuna Jr. And his new pick was Justin Verlander. And finally for Nick, old pick was Manny Machado. His new pick was Shane McClanahan. Uh, so that was our first round. Now we're going to get into the second round. Uh, we're coming back with Nick. Um, I guess we can switch off here. So we'll, we'll each make a pick for every team. Uh, so I'm on the board for Nick right now. So let's see. You just picked Shane McClanahan. I'll go with hmm. – see, on one hand, I don't want to go double-barrel pitcher for Nick because he went double-barrel hitter in our draft. So I'm going to stick with that. And I'm going to – actually going to give him Paul Goldschmidt here. That's – yep. I mean, I know that we're not counting roster construction, but uh, I know that for Nick's roster right now, uh, first base has been kind of a weak point for him. That's that's not obviously not why I made this pick. Goldschmidt's been phenomenal uh, ever since the ever since the calendar turned to May. Uh, he's been one of the top hitters in the entire league, and uh, honestly, like he looks like a legitimate MVP candidate right now. And there's not really any reason to think that that's going to change. Uh, so I'm I'm picking Paul Goldschmidt here for Nick. Uh, any thoughts on that one? Because Goldschmidt is your guy. On- yeah. Yeah, I mean, I obviously like him. Um, like I said, I, it's hitters are never something that I have looked super deeply into. But, you know, Paul Goldschmidt, obviously, the name rec- uh, is very recognizable. And he's he's kind of turned back the clock. You know, he's, he's playing very well. Um, I think that's a very, very good pick. Again, I, first base obviously isn't. Again, sort of like, you know, second shortstop, nearly as shallow as third base, but it's just good this year to get those kind of players. So it's a good pick. All right, so that brings us to Mike. Uh, His old pick was Ozzy Albies. Uh, Who are you going to pick for him here? Well, I am – I was hoping that this would happen. I am going to now go with Walker Bueller. So Walker Bueller off the board. Yeah, I got – I don't know. Uh, Walker Bueller has been kind of – kind of mad for me this year i mean that's he's been good but kind of a far cry from the dominance of last year that's for sure it's 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 twofold in my eyes first again safety like you kind of say with these first picks i think that you bet on walker bueller to bounce back second being that i mean except for whenever they pay play the pirates for some reason the dodgers are just the juggernaut at getting runs and run support um so you've got to think that almost every time Walker Bueller gets out there, I mean, he has six wins on the season and only three quality starts. So um, every time that he takes the hill, you would think that he's at least going to get you those five win points or most likely is. Um, his strikeouts are not what I would love them to be at this current point. Um but I just think, again, because of the team he's on, because of his perennial being one of the best pitchers, it's it's sort of, at this point, in my opinion, just sort of a safe, easy pick. And so that leads us into our next one, which is Jerwin. And there's not going to be a different pick here. This is definitely a Jerwin guy. His yeah. old was Lucas Giolito. His new pick 
it's it's just the old pick. It's Lucas Giolito again. I'm a I'm a huge fan, and uh, I think that this is this is perfect for Jared Wynn's team, even though he traded him away in what maybe was the biggest betrayal of this season. Oh, for sure. Part uh, of the reason I took Walker Buehler was because I I kind of wanted you to take Giolito for that. Yeah, it's so. it's just like some things you just want to see. Like you want to see Lucas Giolito on Jared Wynn's team. You have to see it. Some would say. Yeah. All right, so we're moving to Jordan next. Jordan took Robbie Ray here. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to have a different pick. Yeah, no, I'm not going to touch that. Um, well, I mean, he just got hurt, but uh, Lindor, was he kept? He was not. Lindor's available. Yeah, let's go Lindor. I know he literally just like an hour ago got hurt, but um, – yeah, I'll go with Lindor for now. Yeah, Lindor was actually the top one on my board. I didn't even see that he got hurt. Hopefully it's not too bad. He's, well, season. he's got a bit of the Zach Plezak injury. He slammed his uh, finger in a hotel room door, and it has significant swelling right now. So that's why he's those, out. Those hotel room doors are just a menace to baseball players everywhere. I feel like yep. that's well, often. I I still remember I watched the game. I mean, this doesn't have anything to do with that, but I watched the game where Zach Plezak broke his hand. I just remember looking at him because he was on my team last year. Like, you absolute moron. Like, why would you do that? At least this one for Lindor is like, it seems like it was probably accidental and had nothing to do with him. So, but still, it's always funny whenever these kind of things happen to me, at least. So leads us to our next one, which is Scott. And Scott took Jose Barrios here. I was not a fan of that pick. Uh, I'm definitely going a different direction here. But I am going to take somebody who is on Scott's team, ironically. And that's Nolan Arenado. Uh, I know that Arenado is kind of the uh, – he's not the Arenado of old. Uh, he's very – this is a this is definitely a floor pick. But it's also the fact that he plays third base. And by third base standards, he is an elite option. So I'm taking I'm taking Arenado here. Uh, I I do kind of like that this is he's on Scott's team anyways, but uh, that's not for the purpose of this. That doesn't really factor in. Uh, so Nolan Arenado is my pick. Uh, the next one we have is Eddie. Uh, Eddie took DJ Lemayhu and what was kind of a surprise pick for I think a lot of us. Uh, are you going in a different direction here? Yeah, I will. Uh, I I think you're right. That is. That was surprising to me. I I don't you know I don't mind DJ LeMahieu. I probably don't love him at the second round, but you know um, I was I'm gonna yeah I, I think yeah I think I'm gonna go with uh, probably the again sort of just next available hitter that I really like. Um, I I always feel a little weary of this person. Um, again, not thousand percent sure he's not a keeper, so you can correct me. But Pete Alonso, uh, he was a keeper. Okay, I, by any, ironically. Okay, well, I knew that obviously, so that's why I did that going in. Um, I don't want to go Josh Bell. What about Ty France? Huh? Ty France was not a keeper. All right, yeah, sure. Next best first baseman, Ty France. Uh, that seems like just as surprising as a 
pick is uh, DJ LeMay. Well, that's you know, you, gotta, you have to be as surprising as the manager. I think that if we could do it again, everything went over. Eddie probably would look at Ty France and take him. I mean, they are they are similar because I believe that they're both multi position eligible. Yeah, he plays first and second. I mean, Ty France is having a really good season. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ty France. I, I like him a lot. Yeah. Uh, so the next one is Courtney. She took Aaron Judge here. Aaron Judge is not on the board. He was taken quite some time ago. Uh, I'm actually going to go in a different direction here. I'm going to take Josh Hader. Oh, wow. Yeah. I I, I think that I've kind of come around to this idea that the, the top-end relievers, at the, the guys at the very top, are worth the early-round investment. And, I, like, Hader – backs that up he he has been above he, he's been so much better than the next best reliever other than clay holmes of course the elite clay holmes yeah right uh but he he's been so much he's just so much better than the next reliever and we have to start four of them uh, well, yeah. a lot of people a lot of a lot of relievers around this league that have to be started are just total garbage so if you can get a, he's to me. He's just so far ahead of replacement level that he would make it. He, he's he's a worthy selection here. Yeah, thank you, Josh Hader. Now, my question then is: Should I follow suit of what we normally do in the draft? And once a reliever is taken, take relievers and then pick our Lord and Savior Clay Holmes. Is that is that something I should do? That now I have to consider that. I mean, it is your pick here, so that you're you are on oh. like as Brendan. Oh my God! Was Paul Goldschmidt? He's no longer available, so the board is wide open for you to take whoever you want. Okay, well, either way, I'm going to make a decision that's probably like not the best decision for a team, but it's just a very emotional decision. Um, oh man, I really kind of want to pick Clay Holmes for the fun of picking Clay Holmes, but I'm not. I'm going to go with the man that. I, I know he's hurt and he's going to be hurt for a while, but he out of just pure the fact that this is my pick that it's lining up perfectly, I have to go with Mad Max, Max Scherzer. I understand that he's hurt. I understand that he would not play for about three or four months. However, he has that dog in him and I can't let him not be picked. So I'm going to go with Max Scherzer. Yeah, I think this is a little early for for Scherzer, considering the uh, the circumstances around his, you know, not being healthy. Well, I disagree with you, Jake, and here's why. Not only does he have that dog, he is the dog. Every other dog looks to him, okay? So I think that he's probably looking at the oblique right now and just, like, seething at it until it gets better. Like, he's just foaming at the mouth, making it get better, so... I really don't see how he's even available at this point still. I, I, I gladly take Max Scherzer. He's the best player probably since Babe Ruth. So go ahead and try and work around that one. Well, Brendan, or, uh, Max Scherzer is definitely a Brendan guy. That's for sure. He is the Brendan guy. I completely agree with that. Uh, so the next one is JC. Uh, he took George Springer here. I'm going to take George Springer again, and I don't think we've seen the best version of the Blue Jays' offense yet, 
And mm-hmm. Turner being at the top of that order just provides him with such a great floor for counting stats that I, I even though he's been very good this season, I think he's only going to get better. And I, yeah. I, I, he plays center field. It's not the deepest position. Uh, I think he's definitely a very worthy back end second round pick. Uh, maybe with the opportunity to uh, get enough counting stats that that would propel him, uh, propel his value maybe into the uh, the early second round, back into the first round if everything kind of breaks right for him. So I'm taking George Springer here. Uh, any thoughts on that one? No, I think that's a good pick. Um, I'm sort of in the same boat right now. I'm sort of thinking about outfield looking at. So yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. All right. So the next one's Nate. Nate took Logan Webb here. Uh, are you going pitcher or saw, are you going back to, back to hitters here? I got to do it for him. You know, I'm going nasty Nestor. Has to be done. So nasty Nestor Cortez. I'm sure that Nate would agree with you, even if I, I don't hate. I feel like I come off like I hate Nestor Cortez. I don't hate Nestor Cortez. I think you, you have a personal vendetta against him, and that's fine. You can, I admitted it about Garrett Cole. You can admit it about Nestor Cortez. Just be a big man. Say it. I, I don't mind Nestor Cortez. Like I, I think it's Johnny Cueto 2.0. Just say it. It's okay. <laughs> I I just that for this year, I, I just don't I don't see it this year. Just because of the I, and it's mostly it's not really his fault. It's just he's a converted reliever. As soon as uh, he he was a reliever as early, or as lately as last year, and uh, you just generally don't see the kind of innings jump. With. So you don't you you still don't think that he's like a top end pitcher? I'm I guess I'm coming like I'm I don't know I don't necessarily think he's a gimmick so much anymore. Like the cutter is really I mean I, I it's not a bad thing being a gimmick, but like Quino got by doing that forever. But like I do yeah. think cutter's legit. I think that Cortez is legit. I just think that for this year he's not going to get the innings when they matter because he's a converted reliever and at some point like the Yankees are not going to let him go out there and throw 180 innings I have my doubts that he's even going to get to 160 so I I just I don't think that the pace he's on right now is really sustainable over the over the rest yeah no I let me be clear I probably if it was not Nate I probably would not have taken that but um yeah, I, I I like him a lot. Like I said, he was a guy that was on my radar for a late round stash. And um, what's interesting to me is that he and Matt Carpenter have both been able to fend off the Yankees' obsession with getting rid of people's facial hair. They both have mustaches. Which I, I can you have a mustache as a Yankee? I guess I think the I think mustache is allowed as long as it's like well groomed. So why is it that they can say yes to the mustache, but the beard is that's where they draw the line? I don't know. I I think it's a stupid rule, but that's just my opinion. I guess I don't know. Well, whatever it is, um, I probably wouldn't actually take him here, but I, I I like the pick. I think he's a. I think he's a he's obviously yielding second round returns right now. I agree with you. He probably won't in three to four months, but that's three to four months is problem, not today's so all right so the next pick is mine i took justin merlander here um he is not on the board anymore but i will still take my next pitcher that's aaron nola not a huge nola fan but again he's the best pitcher on my board right now 
I think he'll get innings. He's looked okay recently. He'll get strikeouts. Just needs to keep the ball in the yard. And maybe they need to pull him a little earlier than they normally do because it always seems like that last inning, he goes out and it like torpedoes his outing. So, yeah, uh, yeah pull him earlier. And I think we got it. We really got a good second round pick here. Uh, so that leads us to our last pick. And that is Sam at number 24. He took Alex Bregman. Uh, who are you taking for him here? Again, part of me really wants to pick Clay Holmes. Um, you know what? He already has enough on his plate with four kids. It is Sam's, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes it's Sam. He has enough on his plate with four kids. You want to get someone that you can go out every outing and just put up absolutely insane numbers. Like you said, the reliever position's a little little tough. I'm going to go ahead and make the biggest jump so far from not being drafted to last pick of the second round. The one and only lay the clay Holmes. I'm sure Jordan will appreciate that because I clay Holmes is like, he, not only has he been good, he pitches like every single game where right? it's the volume is unbelievable. He's pitched. I have his, I have him up here. He is pitched in May so far. Uh, just as far as the fan tracks and he goes back. I'm sure he's pitched more, but May 8th, May 9th, May 11th, May 14th, May 15th, May 18th, May 21st, May 24th, May 25th, May 27th. Like it's every day or every other day. And he has zero earned runs over that entire span. His batting average against over that entire span, it, he has, well, it'd just be easier. He has over that span six hits against him total in right around 16 or 17 innings like he's just been lights out it's un it's unbelievable who could have seen this coming whom's among us certainly not me all right so that leads us to the recap of the second round um and i realized as we were as we got to the end of this um we did not actually take ronald acuna which was probably a mistake uh I checked him off off my board for some reason. I don't know why I did that, but uh, yeah, acknowledging since I'm sure that's going to come up. Why didn't we take Ronald Acuna? Uh, he probably should have been picked. We just kind of missed him. You know, I think I think most people will agree that Clay Holmes is probably the safer pick over Ronald Acuna. So I don't know how many people are going to argue that, but we'll see. All right. So beginning with the, with pick number thirteen, uh, Nick took Mike Trout. His new pick was Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, but for Mike, his old pick was Ozzy Albies. His new pick was Walker Bueller. Uh, for Jerowin, it was the same. Lucas Giolito for both. Uh, Jordan, he had Robbie Ray. His new pick was Francisco Lindor. For Scott, his old pick was Jose Barrios. His new pick was Nolan Arenado. For Eddie, his old pick was DJ LeMay. His new pick was Ty France. Uh, for Courtney, her old pick was Aaron Judge. New pick was Josh Hader. For Brendan, his old pick was Paul Goldschmidt. New pick was Max Scherzer. For JC, it was George Springer in both. Uh, for Nate, his old pick was Logan Webb. New pick was Nestor Cortez. Uh, for me, his old pick was Justin Verlander. My new pick was Aaron Nola. And finally, for Sam, his old pick was Alex Bregman. And the steal of the draft, new pick was Clay Holmes. Yep. I was between him and Bartolo Colon, but, you know, figured Clay Holmes makes a bit more sense. 
Yeah, I can't argue with that. So we'll move on to our matchup preview. Uh, Brennan, give me your thing to watch for for this upcoming week. Um, yeah, I think the thing to watch for for this week is probably for me personally. I think I have personal interest um, in Adley Rutschman just kind of see how he's adjusting. It's been a, been a bit, little bit slower than I would like to see. And catcher is such a just terrible position offensively that. I really was kind of hopeful that he would be able to come up and make an instant impact. And, you know, I did bank on like, oh, well, then maybe pitchers will figure him out. But, you know, he'll adjust again. But so far, it's been pretty slow. Uh, I think I just have some personal interest in how that's going to be. And also just sort of looking at that position of catcher and seeing if there's – it's just interesting to me to see how – the positions that typically don't yield you that many points, like what makes the guys that do score um, effective and stuff like that. So personal thing for me to watch for is definitely Adley. All right. My thing to watch for is uh, rebounds from two teams. The first of them is Eddie. Uh, Eddie is followed from first place in the West to the final wild card spot, which is eighth place. Uh, and then in this past month, um, he was ninth in the league in scoring. Uh, that was just during May. So the, I get, I, I don't know if you want to really call it under the hood, but the record kind of matches the scoring, if that makes sense, just with the free fall. So uh, I know he just lost Max Scherzer. That was a huge blow for his team, but um, I want to see how he rebounds. I, my team was the other one. Uh I know that, like, I got absolutely thumped by Nate this past week. Uh, my team was seventh in scoring in May. Um, I know that the record wasn't quite as bad, but uh, I think that might have been more who I was playing rather than anything that I was doing. I Like, my team was not scoring well anyways. Uh, but yeah, just a bonus league history facts. Uh, this loss this past week was my worst loss by point differential uh, ever. So <laughs> uh, I got, like I said, I, I got absolutely trounced this past week. So I need, I need a rebound this week. It's not going so well thus far, but maybe the team is not so great this year. Leads us to matchup predictions. Um, if you thought that our re- that my record for my team was not good, the hosts for this podcast have been just abysmal in picking matchups this year. We are getting absolutely smoked by the guests on this podcast. Uh, Nate's record right now, he's sitting at 11 and 19. My record, I'm not even that much better. I'm at 14 and 16 while our guest is sitting up there with a sparkling 22 and eight record picking matchups this year. So I'm looking to change that this week. That's why I invited Brendan on. I know his picks are going to be terrible and uh, it's going to help. It's going to let me gain some ground. So let's start off with Scott versus Eddie. Who do you have in this one? Yeah, like I said, I'm not changing anything from what I had on Monday. So, um, when it's gone forever, going to pick him to rebound. I'm going against you. I had Scott here. Uh, I think that the Eddie still continues to miss uh, Scherzer. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. 
that leads us to my matchup. That is Mike versus me. Who do you have in this one? Well, I did pick you, but you just hurled an absolute insult at me. So I, I'm changing my mind. I am going to change one. Um, but this one's warranted because I can't let that comment stand. So Big Money Mike's going to cash out against you. Yeah, I, I had me winning this one, but it does not look so hot so far. Um, but I'm not going to change my pick because, you know, I'm a man of integrity here. Uh, okay. <laughs> all right, so the next pick is uh, Jerwin versus JC. Who do you have in this one? I have JC. Um, let me get on a soapbox real quick. Jerwin, I love him. His team is his team's bad. I don't know why he's, he's team positivity. I know that he wants positive vibes, but he's got to be a realist here. Uh, I think his team's maybe the worst team in the league, if I can go as far wow. as say. Wow. So shots fired, come at me, Jerry. Let's make a trade. <laughs> uh, I have JC in this one, but wow, that is some. I did not expect that kind of negativity towards I'm just game on this podcast I'm, this week. This week, I'm just trying to build a rivalry. You got to get some. There hasn't been a good rivalry in a in a little bit in this league, so. Uh, you know, I'm doing the best I can to come up. I, I love Jerwin, but this team's trash. <laughs> All right, that leads us to your matchup uh, versus Nate. Who did you have in this one? I did have Nate, and Nate is going to win. So there you go. Yeah, I also had Nate in this one. Uh, so that was easy. So let's go to uh, Nick versus Courtney. Who do you have in this one? I got Courtney. I also, Courtney, this is not going well. Like the whole thing beforehand where I said, I'm going to gain ground on the guest. I believe we have had the same pick on everything but one so far. Yep. So that's kind of so, the whole and thing. A different pick. Uh, so now this is arguably the matchup of the week. Um, the one versus the two. Yeah. Jordan versus Sam. Are you having this one? So I'm a big, big believer in like new dad strength. So I'm going to bank on Sam using that to pull out the victory. <laughs> Get it? Pull out. I didn't even mean to do that. Wow. Just, <laughs> I am a comedic genius. All right, go ahead. Uh, you know, I'm going to go, I'll go with Jordan. Cause I, I, I had Sam here, but uh, I, be man well, I have to be, I have to be different somehow. I don't even know. Uh, what is the score of that game? I didn't even see. Of what? Them? Uh, yeah, Sam and Jordan. I have no idea. I'll check. If I see if I made a uh, a terrible mistake here with the whole, you know, the mission. As of tonight, Thursday, Sam is losing by about twenty points. Uh, but I I do see that Sam has a. Yes. He's he a one-pitcher advantage right now. He has five pitchers left, so. Well, that one could go either way, but those are yeah. our predictions. Uh, so now that leads us to our last portion of the podcast, the Around the League segment. Uh, so here's our league history fact of the week, which is I've been waiting like all year to do this one. Uh, Nick had a 17-2 and head-to-head record last year, which was a league record. I don't think it will ever be topped. Uh, despite the incredible record, there was one team that Nick didn't beat last year. It was 0-1 against Courtney. 
He gets another crack at a win against Courtney this week. And if he wins, he will have officially beaten every team one time, or at least one time. Wow, that's impressive. This is just his second year, right? It is just the second year. Wow. All right, so that leads us to the news and notes. Not too many here, but very interesting. With the, there's at least one big item that we have, we definitely have to get to. The first of these is Steven Strasburg threw five hitless innings in his first rehab start at Class A. Uh, Strasburg is recovering from thoracic outlet surgery. Uh, this is a notoriously difficult injury to come back from. I believe this is the one that like kind of sunk Matt Harvey. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was already sinking, but this is the one that kind of did him in. Uh, it's been a while since Strasburg was an elite option. Uh, what are your expectations for him when he returns? I know he's, I believe that Sam has him rostered right now. Um, I don't know. Like you said, it's a tough injury. And Strasburg has always been an interesting guy to me. I, I would honestly, he's a guy that I would be very comfortable with having on my bench and probably streaming with two starts. So I think that would be my expect, my realistic expectations for him to come back this year. Um, obviously, at the height of his power, you know, he's a, he's a fantastic pitcher. But, yeah, just with the injury, as you said, this year, I mean, he's looked really good in, in his rehab starts. Have you seen that clip going around of the minor league broadcaster calling his strikeouts? I have. I, it's like they don't see many exciting things. Oh, it's, it's, it's a top. It's a top clip of the year so far. So, um, if uh, you know, I, I like I like him. He's just he's a guy. Like I said, I would probably stream with two starts very comfortably. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of tough with the injury injury history there. So I definitely wanted to get some pirates talk on the podcast, and we're going to talk about Brian Reynolds. Uh, he went one for five with a home run on Monday. Um, I guess you can tell when I made the itinerary because I did not update his slash line since then. But at the time, he was batting 212, 305, 388. Uh, that was a slash on the year. Um, so I guess like the question here is, who's the real Brian Reynolds? Because we've now seen two very good seasons, 2000 and 2021, and then two bad ones. He was dreadful in 2020. He's been terrible this year. Who's the real Brian Reynolds? I think if you're a Pirates fan, you got to hope it's <laughs> the past week or so, or I guess month. I don't know how long he's been, like, kind of turning it back on, a couple weeks. And then, obviously, in 2019, 2021, um, you got to hope it's that, right? And, you know, I think I think with most things, the truth is somewhere in the middle. I think Brian Reynolds is a, is a fine player. I don't think he's a guy that you build your franchise around, but I think that he's a serviceable, very good everyday center fielder in the top half of center fielders in the league. So he's a guy that's nice to have. And whenever he's hot and wherever he's on and he has good seasons, he's a very, he's a top five, top, top, arguably, you know, top 10 to top five uh, center fielder. So, uh, you gotta hope, you know, just for the sake of being a Pirates. Well, I'm not so much a Pirates fan, but just for the sake of Pirates fans everywhere, you gotta hope that it's the 2019-2020 uh, one versions. Uh, so I guess you're not hoping that they sign him to a long-term deal? 
I mean, it sounds like you don't care either way because you're not really into the pirates. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. But um, I no, I actually do want them to. I know it doesn't make much sense with everything I just kind of said, but I I would want them to sign just sort of as a sign to the fan base that okay, we're we're sticking with things. Whenever I say that he's not a guy that I would build a franchise around, that I just think that they have two guys that they very clearly are planning to and should build their franchise around in Cabrian Hayes and O'Neill Cruz. So um, I think that you get – I just think that you got to do something. For, like, you got to give your fans something to believe in. So I, I would still sign for Reynolds long-term. I don't think they will. Um, I think that they had the, their best chance to trade him already, and they haven't and probably won't get anywhere near as the returns they could have. So I'd rather they just sign him at this point. All right. So that leads us to the biggest news uh, that has taken the sporting world by storm. Possibly all time. Yeah. This is all time. This is some all time stuff. Yeah. And that is of course the Jock Peterson versus Tommy fam fantasy football dispute. Just so just a quick recap. Fam slapped Peterson prior to Friday's game between the Reds and the Giants. And this was, we later found out, was a dispute stemming from a fantasy football league. Uh, I guess the way that it started was Peterson put a player who was injured but not on injured reserve officially into his team's IR spot, uh, which is allowed on the ESPN platform. Uh, but this caused Fam to kind of call him out in their group chat for cheating. And uh, I guess it kind of escalated a little bit from there with, with Peterson sending some, some gifts and fam not liking them. Uh, and then later on, we, we see now that, that fam has called out the commissioner of his league, Mike Trout, for not stopping Peterson from putting these guys putting supposedly illegally putting these guys in their in his IR spot. So this has been I mean this has taken the sporting world by storm here. This has been a fantastic story. Uh, how, how much money would you pay to see what the group chat has been in the past week? Oh man. I I would love to see it. Like just to see the the reactions of not like just regular everyday other people or, you know, every other like people that aren't involved just like kind of have their reactions out on the group chat. Or I wonder if it's just been silent for the past week and like, it's sort of not being spoken about. I I don't know. I mean, there has to be like, this can't be it. Like it, it, I just find it as much as we know about Tommy fam, you know, like getting stabbed outside a strip club and being challenging Luke Voigt to, uh, to fight because he didn't like a slide as much as we know about Tommy fam maybe being like kind of a goof how much like it just seems unbelievable to me that you get you accuse somebody of cheating in fantasy football and you get so upset about a gift that they send you that you're going to go slap them, that it's going, that it's going, that you're going to come to blows over fantasy football. That and I, let's, 
let's get it clear. Like he didn't cheat. <laughs> like he followed oh. the rules. So he's it's just such loser en- energy, Tommy Fam. Like just go outside, man. Like it's that's unreal that you are a professional baseball player and that's your that's your response to that. Like you that's that's such loser energy. But I mean I don't know. He Jock Pearson, first of all, I, I can't believe I'm defending someone who has his hair bleached and looks like Jock Peterson currently does. But like you just gotta kind of feel for him. Like he didn't he literally followed the rules and then got slapped up over fantasy I mean it's it's one of the craziest things that's not only did he get slapped over fantasy football, like fam has been holding on to this grudge. Yeah, for like two years, a year, whatever it is. It's it's been at least like four to five months. I think they said that like the guy that they were talking about was maybe it was like Jeff Wilson. And I want to say he was on he was out earlier in the year. So like it it might he might have fam might have been holding on to this since like October. Because the gift that he sent was we can we can figure this out here. The gift that that Peterson sent was about was it about the Padres kind of collapsing and play and not playing well. So that would mean that baseball season was probably still happening. Yeah. So yeah, fans been holding on to this for a long time. Like I, I guess maybe he would he was just waiting to see Peterson so he could like he had this date circled on his calendar. Like I'm is this their first matchup in here. I think so. I'm not I'm not positive, but I, I think I would assume It'd be kind yeah, of you, if Peterson, it would be kind of weird if Fam waited to slap him until they'd already seen until they already seen each other a couple times. That would make it worse. So I yeah. guess the if he was going to slap him, he he probably did it the way that is the least bad. I don't know. The whole situation is just I, I'm just fascinated. I I hope there's more. And then what was the weirdest thing to me was like. Fam came out later and he's like, Yeah, I'm over it. Like you're <laughs> one that had a problem with this. <laughs> yeah. He's I've done my I've done my egregiously childish acts and now I'm over said <laughs> pre education. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't it doesn't add up. It reminds me actually of a you know, I I don't know if everyone knows this, but I a really big hockey fan. I follow hockey way more than baseball. Um, no, I, I didn't know that. Okay. Uh, so anyway, before that rude comment, um, I, I, um, it reminds me of a similar, like there was a Ottawa Senators, these two guys, one of them, if you're a casual, like hockey fan, you'd probably know, uh, Eric Carlson, former defenseman for the Senators is currently with the Sharks. Uh, was like the best defenseman, their captain, one of the best defensemen, offensive defensemen of the 2010s. And Mike Hoffman, who is, I think, currently with the Panthers, possibly. I don't really remember. But anyway, um, they got in an altercation for like a real reason because Mike Hoffman and Mike Hoffman's fiance and Eric Carlson's wife had like beef over Instagram. And Mike Hoffman, like, his fiance, like, shared public DMs between the two. And it, like, boiled over into this altercation in the locker room that it kind of reminds me of. 
And those are two teammates. Like they have to deal with it. They uh like these guys like have been holding on to such an arbitrary thing. I just bring that up because it's the only really other time that I can think of where there were these two grown men who decided to handle their business in such a public outwardly. I mean, it's, well, I guess, you know, Will Smith just did that, but you know, like in sports, like it's, it's just so strange to me. I mean, I, I really appreciate that Peterson didn't let this die, but he was like, as soon as they were, the reporters came back, he was ready with the receipts. He had them. He, he yeah. had screens. He had everything. Yeah. Jock Pearson's a, he's a real, he's an under, like he's an underrated, like everyone's, you know, obviously going to Tommy Pham because he's the one that, but Jock Pearson really pulling his weight for this story. He's going to go Yeah. I, I honestly, I know that it's probably over now, but I, I hope something else comes out. I, and if there is, I can't wait to see what it is. I think it's a thing where it, it will probably die down, but the very next time that those guys face off, you know, the next series, I think it's going to be rehashed all over again. Oh, man. I mean, imagine just holding onto a grudge for that long and slapping someone over a fantasy sport. Yeah, I Boy. I mean, Jerwin, you know, I've said some things about him. I'm sure he's not going to slap me the next. Well, he might. I'm not going to put it past him. He might. But, yeah. All right, so that does it for our podcast this week. Uh, thanks, Brendan, for coming on. Any final thoughts? Uh, no. Clay Holmes is elite. Um, really, really hope that no one steals my uh, has that dog in them stat. But again, that's under lock and key. Uh, yeah, just fun time. Hopefully, maybe I'll do it again sometime. Maybe not. We'll see. No, thanks. Uh, everybody, at least we know that, at least according to Tommy Pham, I, I bet he would agree that I'm probably a better commissioner than Mike Trout. So at least we've come to that conclusion. I think that that's pretty safe to say. We're gonna Not until, not until quality saves count for points. But other than that, yeah, pretty good. Quality starts. That's what I meant, yeah. Quality save can be the next uh, stat that you work on. All right, let's end this thing, huh? <laughs> All right. Thank, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. All right. See you.